The Old Pre-Meds Podcast, session number 291. You're a non-traditional student entering the medical field on your terms. You may have had some hiccups along the way, but now you're ready to change course and go back and serve others as a physician. This podcast is here to help answer your questions and help educate you on your non-traditional journey to becoming a physician. Welcome to the Old Pre-Meds Podcast. My name is Dr. Ryan Gray, your host here every week where I get to take your questions directly from the non-traditional pre-med discussion over at premedforms.com. Before we jump into today's question, I want to talk about the MCAT Minute brought to you by Blueprint MCAT. Over at the MCAT Podcast, we are now into an MCAT 101 series, or we're going into an MCAT 101 series. And one of the first questions is about registration. When should I register? Because it's such an important thing. And with MCAT registration opening up soon here in October of 2021, you have to know that registering for the MCAT as soon as possible is very important. There are limited seats available at each Pearson test center, and there are limited test centers throughout the country. This is not a test that's available anytime you want to take it, whenever you want, wherever you want. You have to go to a test center, and it's only offered on specific days. And there are a lot of students taking the MCAT. So register for the test as soon as you can so that you have a seat make a plan, stick to it, go register for that exam, and go sign up for a free Blueprint MCAT account today at blueprintmcat.com to get amazing free resources to help with your MCAT prep, including a full-length MCAT practice test, a half-length diagnostic, an amazing online study planner tool, and their brand new spaced repetition flashcard platform, including 1,600 professionally crafted flashcards to help you on the MCAT. Again, that's blueprintmcat.com. All right, so let's jump into our question today, a little little non-trad, a little maybe more traditional, but still a very common question, whether you're non-trad or not, about what to do during a gap year. Our student says, I graduated from college with a 3.2 GPA. They don't give trends, which is always a, a red flag to me of like, I need the trends. What are the trends look like? And we'll be taking the MCAT soon. But instead of doing post-bac, I wanted to teach during my gap years because it has always been a passion of mine. I'm currently teaching high school as a Teach for America core member. Do I still have a chance of getting into med school if I apply the cycle? Or does a post-bac still seem like the best option? All right. So they're self-aware enough to know that that GPA may not be competitive. And the reason why I said, what are the trends, is because we need to know the trend to know if this is a competitive GPA or not. If this student had, and we'll just use some rough numbers here, a 2.0, a 2.0, a 4.0, a 4.0, that's a 3.0 average, right? That's a 3.0 average, which on the surface doesn't look great. But when you dig in and see that trend and the medical schools can see the trend, you can go, okay, you started off slow and you figured it out. That's the job of a postback is to prove to the medical schools that you figured it out. And if you treated, in, in that theoretical example, if you treated your third and fourth years 
as your postback and you had a 2.0, 2.0, 4.0, 4.0, then you're solid. You probably don't need a postback. But if you're flipped and you had a 4.0, 4.0, 2.0, 2.0, that's a completely different story. That's why it's so important if you're on Student Doctor Network, if you're on Reddit, if you're in the pre-med forums here, if you're on the pre-med hangout on Facebook, and somebody just posts a GPA without trends, then you need to say, what do the trends look like? Because that's important. It's weird. We do it for the MCAT. Everyone posts, here's my MCAT score, and then here's the subsections. And everyone's super concerned about a, an unbalanced MCAT score, but nobody's concerned here about trends in their GPA. I don't know why people can't wrap their mind around that. So the, the question at the end of the day is, have you proven academic capability? Have you assured medical schools that you're going to do well in medical school? Now, obviously, Obviously, it's still kind of theoretical, and you don't know yet because you're not in medical school, and you may be a 4.0 student and still struggle in medical school, right? But it gives the medical school admissions committees some good idea of your academic capability, your GPA, but not just your GPA, the trends that go with it, right? If you're a 4.0 student, I don't need to know the trends because it's a 4.0. If you're a 3.7 student, I probably don't need to see the trends because you're a 3.7 student. That's a really good GPA. And yes, if there's an upward trend, even with a 3.7 GPA, that's great. If there's a downward trend with a 3.7 GPA, that's probably less of an issue because a 3.7 is still a solid GPA. I get this question all the time, Dr. Gray, I have a downward trend. And then I look at their GPA and it's a 3.8. I'm like, the trend probably is not gonna matter here because you have a 3.8 GPA. The trends really, really, really matter when you're dealing with lower GPA totals, like a 3.2 here in this example. A 3.2 raises lots of questions. What does it look like? Is there any trend? Does this GPA show me and do this trends show me that this student is academically capable of doing well in medical school. The 3.2 doesn't tell me that. The trend behind the 3.2 does. If it's 3.2, 3.2, 3.2, 3.2 every single year, then yes, I would say that this student has not proven academic capability. If it's 2.0, 2.0, 4.0, 4.0, then yes, the student has proven academic capability. If it's flipped and it's 4.0, 4.0, 2.0, 2.0, you may go, well, Dr. Gray, the student still did 4.0, 4.0 twice, and that's the same as the other person, but the fact that they stumbled coming into the application cycle is a concern. What is going on in their life? Are they doubting themselves? Are they doubting whether or not they wanna to go to medical school? Do they have something going on in their life that's gonna to continue to affect them in medical school? There are lots of questions around stumbling coming into the application. So there are concerns there. So at the end of the day, the question that I will always ask if you contact me about what should I do in this situation, in terms of GPA, the, the question I will always ask myself is have you proven academic capability? Now, what that means for each individual medical school is going to vary. And so we talk broadly here. I want you to be at a 4.0 
trend-wise for as long as possible. As close to a 4.0 for as long as possible. If you have a 3.0 overall GPA, overall science GPA, but you have a 4.0 over your last 30 credits, 40 credits, I have very little concern about a medical school admissions committee seeing that trend and not being concerned about your GPA. And this is why I get very angry over stat porn on Reddit and Student Doctor Network when students just go, stats, 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 stats. Stats are all that matter. And it's not true. Now, the, the trends in that stats matter as well. And if you want to call that stats, great. It's semantics, but it's not that final number that ultimately matters, especially for someone with a little bit lower GPA. So it was a long rant for this one student who's thinking, should I teach or should I do a post back? And the answer is, I don't know, because you didn't give me trends. Let's assume you don't have any strong upward trend. Then the answer is you need to do a post back to get as close to a 4.0 as possible for as long as possible, right? And that's 30, 40 credit hours, ideally. Now, sometimes that doesn't work, but at the end of the day, you have to prove first and foremost that you are academically capable of doing well in medical school. And that comes from your GPA and your GPA trends, if your GPA is a little bit lower. Students very often try to quote unquote make up for a bad GPA or a bad MCAT score with what they think are stellar activities. And medical schools really don't care. First and foremost, they need to be reassured that you can handle the academic rigor of medical school. You may be an amazing, amazing applicant in terms of extracurriculars. You're the next Mother Teresa. But if you are not academically capable of finishing medical school, a medical school will not touch you. Because it looks bad on them to accept you, to take the government's money in terms of student loans, and have you fail out of medical school in a year or two. It's just, it's not good. So they want to make sure and this is where a lot of you will come back and go, well, so stats do matter. Stats are the only thing that's important. <laughs> no, it's not. I say this all the time. You have to be good enough, right? Your GPA has to be good enough. Your trends have to be good enough. Your MCAT score has to be good enough to reassure the admissions committee that you are academically capable of doing well in medical school, and that includes passing the boards. That's what matters, first and foremost, and then everything else matters. Holistic review cannot happen if you don't have a proven track record of academic capability, period. So you can say that, oh, Dr. Gray's saying that stats are the only thing that matters, and that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that there has to be a specific level that you must attain, and then everything else triggers. So for this particular student, if there's no upward trend, no sustained upward trend, then yes, you're going to have to go back and do some more coursework. And you can potentially teach and do coursework. Nobody says it's one or the other. So find a good balance to scratch your itch, 
do something you're passionate about, and prove that you're academically capable of doing well in medical school. I hope that was helpful. If you have a question, go to premedforms.com, click on the non-traditional pre-med discussion and ask your question there. Go to blueprintmcat.com, sign up for a free account to get access to their amazing spaced repetition flashcard platform and 1,600 flashcards. Their full-length exam for free, one full-length exam for free, their half-length diagnostic for free, and their amazing study planner tool, all for free. Again, at blueprintmcat.com. Have a great week. We'll see you next time here on the Old Pre-Meds Podcast. This is MedEd Media.